Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What is going on, everybody? Hope you are having a good week so far. Podcast time, and this week, got the one and only friend within. I've known from within for quite a while, actually. Um... Yeah, I don't know how long, but quite a while. He is a bloody amazing producer, such a nice guy, and he's just released a new album, or his first. I believe this is his debut album uh, on Touring Records, and it's called Hope. So after this conversation, make sure you go check it out. Without further ado, Friend Within. And we're live. Friend Within, what's cooking, sir? Hello, mate. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Long time, man. Long time. Yeah, that's a bit. I recognise where you are. I've been in that room. Yeah. We didn't actually ever finish that record, did we? Or two records? But we did We did a couple. I, I put one out just under my name. Oh, did you? Yeah. Come, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Friday, people. Yeah. <laughs> I c- we, did have a, we did have a kind of deeper one, which, yeah, didn't really finish that, did we? Nah. It's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. Did you ever play it out? I can't remember. Mate, I literally cannot remember it. Yeah. Can you? Uh, no, I don't remember what it sounded like exactly. No. It, I mean, it, sound, it basically sounded like neither of us, I think. Yeah, which is never good. Yeah, sometimes I find that happens. With collabs. You, you work with people and you, you end up making... I mean, it can be good. You end up making something that doesn't sound like either of you. Yeah. But then you kind of wonder, well, what, what the hell are we going to do with it? Yeah, I think it's also that pressure, isn't it? When you're in in the studio with someone and you're like, we have to do something. Mm. And you kind of just like do whatever feels right. And sometimes it's not actually right. You should probably just like sit back and be like, nah, this just isn't, this just isn't it. But hey ho, how's Mm -hmm. life, man? All right, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy, which is the main thing. Good. Um, Family's all right. Yeah, you know, I live in a nice little quiet village, so yeah, yeah complain, not too many stresses or anything. Yeah, man. It's uh, how, how have you found? I don't want to talk about coronavirus too much, but how have you found it all? Yeah, um, I mean, not too bad, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been doing a lot of homeschooling. I mean, mm. I've basically been sort of parenting the yeah. whole time, not not being able to sort of do my job yeah you know obviously no djing no one can do that but then not not had loads of time in the studio either yeah mate you stood on are you sat on your exercise ball yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes i am what's what's the reasoning behind this is this for your posture yeah basically yeah Yeah, i had um i mean a year ago or something i had like a, a really sore like sciatic pain in my back okay um I mean, it, it didn't just kind of come overnight. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't really know why it happened. Um, but, you know, I get, got some physio in the end. Yeah. And you know, they obviously just say, you know, you got to keep moving. You, mm. you got to exercise and move it. And then suggested an, an exercise ball just for exercises to begin with. Yeah. And then I'd actually, I'd been out the studio for a couple of weeks. Um, 
and then I came back here and sat in like my old chair and I realized I was just sitting like so uncomfortably. Mm. I'd Slouching. have like, I'd have, my, I'd have my knee up yeah. by my chest and then the other one across it. And I just thought this is, this is clearly the reason yeah. why my back's gone. You know, even though I'm not, I don't do an office job with you'd think, People sit down all the time, but I basically do. And, you know, you're probably the same, aren't you? We sit in front of a computer. Yeah, all day. For hours on for, end. For, probably for longer than people that have an office job. Because yeah. we just, when you're in it, you're in it, aren't you? And you're just not not moving, no breaks, yeah. straight up. So I just, I just really liked it, you know, and sat on it. And I thought it might get a bit fatiguing, mm. maybe. But it's actually better. Your post- posture's better. Well, you, you build your core, don't you? And your your body just kind of adapts to it and it's yeah. so much healthier for you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm loving it. <laughs> Unless you, you have see me bouncing around quite yeah. a lot on the screen. <laughs> Unless you have like one of those like proper expensive ergonomic chairs. Yeah. That they're like you need to take a mortgage out to get one. I mean, I was looking at some of them. I was like, oh, you know, shall I get a new chair? And then, you know, they're like a thousand pounds plus. And this is like 10 quid from Decathlon. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny that it's funny that we do that as human beings, right? Like a thousand pounds to make our back good Mm. and healthy. And we don't do it yet. We spend a thousand pounds on a synth that probably isn't going to do anything for us in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I was considering it. I was thinking, you know, if it is a thousand pounds, then it is something I'm going yeah. to be using for hours and hours, and it'll last you, I don't know, forever, 10 years yeah, forever. So it would have been a good investment, but I thought, well, I'll, I'll give this a go first. <laughs> Cheaper option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel that. So, album, man. Mm. I was listening to it earlier, and I listened to it when it came out. It's great, man. I really like it. It's, it's for me a house producer writing an album i always get worried Mm. because i kind of don't want a continuous mix for 12 14 songs and i find some people especially like quite big techno artists just do like albums and it's just like all right mate we get it you've got you've got a good kick drum but yeah you kind of don't move around but on this album it's very four four orientated but you kind of go through genres and styles in in house music and there's not like a single track that is like okay i'm bored now like i've heard this before on this album <laughs> like yeah it's all, mate. that's kind of what i wanted it to be yeah yeah, and it's. I mean, I didn't really set out to make an album. Mm. How did it, just, it start? Um, well, I basically, you know, I've got this relationship with Tool Room Records, and they'd, they'd probably released like three or four singles of mine. Yeah, and you know, their sort of style is, you know, they release uh, literally a single, so it'll be one track. Mm. Very rarely do would have like mixes on remixes on there, yeah. or even EPs. Mm-hmm. So I'd send them everything. And so it was just all these kind of other tracks that they didn't take and, you know, probably weren't really exactly right for Tool Room. Yeah. They were just kind of building up. And and it was actually Tool Room that suggested, as I look, we got like, there's loads of good tracks here that aren't singles for Tool Room. Mm. But, you know, why don't we, do you want to do an album? Yeah. 
hooked him out as an album. I was, yeah, jumped at the chance. That's cool. So you didn't actually, the, the album didn't come before the songs. The songs were there, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. That's um, great. You know, the majority of the tracks, you know, eight, seven, mm. eight or nine or something. Um, but kind of already pretty much finished. Yeah. You know, I, I did go back and change things and little bits and bobs. So that that's why I kind of, when you said about, you know, it, nothing, it doesn't really repeat itself, the album. Mm. But it was, and I'd mentioned this before in that little quotes for the, the PR for the album saying, yeah. you know, when, when all the tracks came together, it did kind of make a cohesive body of work. Yeah. Cause it doesn't feel like it's one record and then the next record. It doesn't feel like you've just like put together a bunch of records. It feels like the album is kind of a cohesive piece of work. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if you like tried that or it was there like when actually like putting the album together, was it like, okay, this record kind of works well with the next record or is it like, fuck it, let's just put them all in and just see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) But there were things, there were tracks that didn't make it. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, Matt at Tool Room, he's the main A and R guy. Mm-hmm. He sort of he put the track list together. Yeah, you know, he he kind of took it home and you know listened to it over a weekend and mm-hmm. was like shuffled them around on his. Okay, so somebody else playlist. did that. Yeah, he he was the I think yeah I think he he did that track list and that's how it remained. Yeah, how, you know, how I, I listened to it back and was like yeah that that does work. I think I did want holding on to be first. Yeah, and I love that record. He, he, he definitely wanted uh, Touch the Sky to be last. Mm. But it's funny because that when he, he did say the story, when he put them all on a playlist on his computer, like Touch the Sky was already last. Yeah. So I think the first time he listened through, it, it was almost like it kind of fell into place. Yeah. A lot, a lot of them. So did you, did you find the like track listing process harder or was it just something that you just weren't actually that fussed about apart from like the specific holding on being the first one yeah wasn't 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 something that i really thought of to begin with yeah i knew i knew it'd have to there'd have to be a decision in the end Mm. and then and i was also lucky that you know it didn't feel like there were loads of tracks that were were the same like right next to each next to each other yeah and there was yeah just enough variation in the tracks for it to just feel like an album yeah man did you enjoy it you enjoy the process but i guess yeah. i guess the process was wasn't really an album process like the generic album process that most artists go through yeah like it's funny when um when tour room said oh do you want to how about doing an album mm. i was kind of thinking do they mean writing like 12 new songs or do they mean do they want to release the stuff i've already made and yeah. they're not assigned <laughs> And I was like, I don't want to make loads of new songs. I've got loads that yeah. are unreleased. But no, they did mean, yeah, all these ones that, had, that were unsigned. Well, yeah, that were unreleased of mine. So, I, yeah, I was well chuffed because yeah. most of the work was already done. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the thought process of when the album kind of comes out and like all the, the promo and the leading up to it? Is Does it feel different to releasing a single? Like how yeah. how is it? Like what's the difference? Yeah, there's, there was definitely more lead-up time mm. to it. Um, I, I mean, how much, how different is it? It's just because there's there's more tracks, there's more to speak about. Yeah, I suppose, and it is a it is a bigger thing, and you you know you'll get different types of press involved. Yeah, I suppose. Um, you know, there's more more discussions on the artwork, 
No, because two of them sort of have their general yeah. letter letter T, but then with the artwork, with the album, there was specific artwork for it. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have to um, do something a little bit more special, don't you? Yeah, but every, but still, like everyone was still quite last minute. You know, it wasn't like the artwork was decided, you know, six months ago. Yeah. And I was even like on the day, you know, we had a sort of a, a timeline of when things were coming out, yeah. like li- little videos and teasers, you know, even like the day before <laughs> some of the teasers were like, Lee, what do you think of this? And I'm like, want these 20 changes. And it's like, well, everyone's gone home now. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's just the whole of this industry is like, I was I pl- I planned this whole year of releases like November last year, mm. and um, on on my label and like we're March going into April now, and there's still things that are just last minute, and you're like you you put you have every intention to kind of keep it planned and yeah. like going on on schedule, and it never does, never. Yeah, I mean my um my manager always likes to make a spreadsheet. <laughs> of things and he'll like he'll take a day or so to make this spreadsheet he's like timelines or like goals and like i pretty much just switch off (laughs) spreadsheets are literally it's only for managers yeah i don't know any artists that i i i look at the the money spreadsheet for me like that's the only spreadsheet that i kind of pay attention to Um, i got one of them i need one of them yeah i'm surprised your manager hasn't got you one of those have a word no p and l just emails me every month and yeah you had any money come in yeah <laughs> this is your invoice this is how much you owe me yeah no, so I love, I love, love me manager love to sean pick up sean yeah managers good managers are the best right yeah i mean i've only, I've only ever been with one. Oh, really so that's Sean's amazing like, you know i've known of known him for ages and then he started off sort of managing like a label i had like many years ago and then kind of got into just managing just me yeah um and then he we moved to like 360 management mm-hmm. um but then that yeah that came to an end um i think i mean sure never really let on at the time but he didn't really like that whole being inside the big sort of corporate yeah machine um <clears throat> it's a big machine um, that as well yeah you know live nation and, mm. and all that i mean i did get some good opportunities from it. i did like itunes festival supporting yeah. dead mouse you know that that, that wouldn't have happened without yeah. sometimes just having like that email address you know three six three six zero dot com at yeah. the end of an email address can get you get you in the door can't it well that was when dean wilson was in wasn't it as mm. well with mark and dean was kind of managing dead mouse and all of that and it was it's a huge company man especially now yeah. like Calvin, Will Smith, MK. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> massive. Absolutely massive. Yeah. Considering Have you had started. many managers then? Like yeah. what's your Well, I've had I'm on my third and I won't have another. Like I'm I found my Sean, as you say. It's like <laughs> I'm with Ryan. Um yeah. and yeah, I had I've had two before. They were just car crashes. But mm. I think if you can get somebody like what I've got now or like what you've got, it just makes every bit yeah. easier, to be fair. Like, every, yeah. everything gets done. We don't even need to worry about it not being done because it just gets done. Mm. Um, And they just get what you're doing. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. They just 
Sean knows me as an artist, as as a person as well. Exactly, you know, yeah. the things that I will want to do and not want to do, and yeah, he probably knows that like, he'll he'll tell me about something. I might moan about it for a day, but then yeah. the next day I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that was that's the right thing to do. Or, yeah, yeah, I'm on board. Um, Have you been with him since day one as friend within, or were you with him before friend within? Before friend within. Okay. Yeah, right. so just I make stuff under my real name. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the whole started friend within. So we, that's when we, that's shortly after that is when we moved to 360 when, mm. you know, when things started going Swimming better for me yeah. with friend within. How did the friend within thing start? Uh, it just through, so just doing stuff before under my real name. Um, we should probably tell people was, that if you want. Yeah, Lee, Lee Mortimer. Uh, there's a, there's a record up behind me. I don't know if, I mean, do you film? Does this go out on video as well? Yeah, it goes on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was doing. Well, by the end, it was more kind of like electro house, yeah, kind of stuff. But, but I mean, before that, I'd started off making just yeah, Chicago kind mm. of jack in house stuff, and then I used to play your stuff. I used to, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, when like yeah. you don't know, it's like Shadow Child, isn't it? It's yeah. like the kind of the career before the other career. I'm, I was kind of similar to Simon, really. Yeah. Shadow Child. Um, he was doing like yeah, electro stuff, as mm. was I, and we made a couple of tracks together. Yeah. Um, but then it was it was someone like him, and then Disclosure coming through, and Eats Everything coming through. That sound was just like I was well into that, and I was yeah. just stuff I was already into, already making and known for. I was just falling out of love with it, really, and it was going. EDM was just coming through and it was all getting a bit noisy and just not what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I just started, yeah, making some different kind of tracks. Mm. And I, I did have the intention of, you know, keeping my original stuff going and Friend Within going. But I actually specifically remember, like I turned on my computer one day going, right, I'm going to make a Lee Mortimer track. No, it's yeah. not going to be a Friend Within one. And I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I started for like five minutes and I was like, what am I doing? Mm. I'm not into this. And I was at that point, I was like, well, that's that's the end of that now. Game on. Yeah. It's tough, isn't it? Because I think there's time. It's so hard to, to kind of sometimes just change your sound as an artist. It's easier just to start from scratch because you know, you learn so much as your career go, goes on. And you're like, I wish I knew that before I started. Mm. And when you start at Alias, you're like, I could, I know all of it. Hmm. I know, or I know yeah. all the things in the mistakes. If, did you find it easier with Friend Within? Friend Within, going from knowing what you've kind of learned as Lee Mortimer. Well, I think when I started it, I didn't. I had no idea that I could make different a different style yeah. of music. You know, look, looking back on it, I kind of knew that I'd already learned a lot of production anyway. Mm. Um, but I remember the, the tracks that I made at the time, I was like every day I was making something and it was like, I thought it was, it was amazing. And I don't know. I don't know how I did it. I wish I could go back to that time and knew what I was, what I was eating or drinking at that time. Were you just having fun though? Yeah. I was, I was loving it. That's the difference. Um, but then I it? also, I didn't really know. It, I didn't really know if it's weird because I just said the tracks were great, but I didn't really know if anyone else would like them. Mm. Um, yeah, but when, when you're in that process and you're actually writing records that you absolutely, like when you're in, really enjoying the process, 
you don't care if anyone likes them, right? Mm. Yeah. Cause yeah, but just to... There's, no, you don't. Because there's records that, I, that I've written that I... Well, that's why I started my label. Because I'm like, none of these labels are going to want to sign it because it just doesn't mm. sound... It's the kind of the situation that you were in with Tool Room. You have all these records and you're like, well, I, I have this thing with Tool Room and it works really well, but I have a bunch of music that they, they're not going to put out. Luckily, you have an you can put it out for an album, but there's records that I, I write that I absolutely love and I don't care if anyone likes them yeah. because I love it and I, I want that music to be out. But there's so many record labels that just don't allow you to do that. Yeah, they have their own sound, yeah. don't they? And you know, two of them releasing something every week, every um, day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, loads of massive <laughs> compilations and things. But yeah, but with the early friend within tracks, yeah, like I used to the first gigs that I was getting with friend within, I was like, well, I'm just going to play all my own stuff because mm. I'd never heard it out before. Yeah, I don't know what the reactions are going to be like. And for the first like couple of years, I literally did just play all Friend Within amazing. tracks. I think the first gig I had was only like a 45-minute set. Perfect. And I had, I had like <laughs> 50 minutes worth of music. Slow it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't do long mixes. I can't do long I'm going to run out of tunes. <laughs> and it was great. And yeah, it was. I was kind of thinking, why, why didn't I do it before? Because mm. I had loads, loads of tracks previously. But always played other people's music, and it yeah. was yeah, it was really liberating, just seeing the reactions and yeah. Even though I was kind of playing the same, <laughs> almost the same set for the first year, yeah. You know, Does... no one else had heard these tunes. They were mm. all, you know, a vast majority were still unreleased, and you know, it was all different cities. To like, who's going to come to a different show to see me play? Yeah, I love that. That so was great. It, that Even like that era. Open, Go on. I was like, you know, opening with the same track. Yeah. <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing the same little tricks but it never got it never got boring no. from my point of view i think i think there comes a point when if you're entertaining the crowd mm. it doesn't really get boring yeah i think i mean i wouldn't i mean that and yeah now like i still love love dj and playing other, other tracks but i am maybe considering doing it you know after lockdown do it mate um especially with the, the, all these album tracks yeah you know i've got an hour and a half set and play the album and you know eight other tunes well i think i think that's the thing nowadays i think there's two types of djing isn't there there's like the resident dj that kind of used to be the thing in the clubs where like people would go to the club because they know the dj is going to be dope and mm -hmm. it's going to be a proper like good night just because the, the resident's amazing and they'd be playing all night long and now it's headline culture. Everyone wants to go and see a certain person, probably because of their song that they yeah. like, not because of they know them as a good DJ or whatever. So it's almost like you're kind of turning into a band where you don't go see the Rolling Stones and they just play a Beach Boy set. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't happen, does it? Yeah. So if if you if you go... If you're doing shows and it's an album tour, you have to play it, man. Yeah. That's what they're expecting, right? I think. Yeah. And there's a lot of those ones that wouldn't have been played out. Yeah. That much. Um, I mean, yeah, some of them will be, that's probably started a couple of years ago. Some of them will have got earrings out. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I'm considering doing it. 
Do it, man. Be good fun. Well, the, the manager's been saying about doing a like a sort of a live could do it like a lot i mean i've got all these synths behind me yeah. i do like the occasional synth sort of jam yeah on you know just stick it on instagram tv on me on me bouncy ball <laughs> with a track giving you shit yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> how did that start it was i think sean thought of that one <laughs> that was just you know promo for the for the yeah. track um so yeah do you want to just like roast each other <laughs> Um, yeah, if anyone's not seen it, we basically a track and I just take it in turns to roast like videos of each other doing stuff. I went through like his some tweets of his as well, just ripping the piss out of him. <laughs> <laughs> the one when he, the first one that he roast you, I was cracking up. So yeah. good, so good. There's a, there's a lot to speak about. I was there like bouncing around in me shorts and yeah, looking like I wasn't really doing much on the synths on your exercise um, ball. Yeah. How would the uh, how would the live set kind of work? Yeah, I don't know. See, I don't know if I'd really if I'd want to do it because it might, I don't know if I'd be able to do what I would want to mm. with just like two pairs of hands, yeah. two pairs of hands, one pair of hands. <laughs> um, I guess it would be yeah, just like some synths and a drum machine, and then maybe try and incorporate some of the album mm. tracks, like you know, acapellas or I did do a little synth jam for like the promo for the album doing that so i don't get took like two or three acapellas yeah and then replayed the bass line on on a synth yeah. for what for holding on and then you know got the made sure they were in the right key changed them beforehand for the samples yeah. so maybe yeah maybe something like that um, it's tough the whole live show isn't it because like for me i'm like live is live it's not mm -hmm. like about getting ableton and kind of pushing the button is for yeah. me it's like it has to all be played live but with electronic it's so hard to make it live mm. everyone's got a backing track yeah did you see the the bicep thing at the sachi gallery no i haven't i've heard about it though yeah I've heard it was it was great. All, so yeah i saw like little clips of it yeah um you know there's obviously two of them you know and it sounds great but it, it you know it is just Running off a laptop. And it's the same with, you know, the Chemical Brothers when I've mm. seen them play. You know, yeah. they are just in front of some synths and, you know, there's a lot of concentration involved. Mm. You know, and I, I don't know if I'd want to really do that. It's like, Not, I've got yeah. to do this at the right time. Mm. Um, make sure this, you know, stays in key and... You know, because I'm not... I don't really have much music or any musical training. <laughs> you know, I can't I yeah, can't yeah. play the piano or anything. Yeah. Um barely know like what scales are or you know <laughs> yeah i feel you so, so i can't like just go stick a drum beat on and um you know just play along with it mm. i can't i can't do that yeah um no you know, I, I, I could i know my way around this sequencer i've got here a little bit and i could get better at it um but then it's like you know how would you incorporate you know big elements from from the album tracks, you know, you'd, you'd have to, have to be back in track in some way. It's hard, isn't it? Because even with Bicep, I don't think all of that's... I, they have a laptop, mm. and I don't know how much of that's backed up. I know with the chems, I think a lot of that's just ran off a laptop, but they have full control over everything. So if they want to go and do their, like, go on a tangent, they can. Yeah. But of course, everything's everything's synced up with the visuals there mm. as well. So you're kind of still like locked in on certain things. 
Yeah, I saw them at Alexander Palace, and it was amazing. Yeah, the visuals are stunning. Oh, and I could, I, I did sense at one point they had like a moment to jam. Mm. Um, you could, and he just, you could just hear it as well. You know, yeah. it wasn't exactly like the single. You know, what, what the what the track sounds yeah. like is on the single. Um, and I really enjoyed that bit. And you could kind of, you almost like you could see them doing a bit more. I mean, yeah. they were miles away. I was, I was right at the back. Um, yeah, there was almost like they allowed themselves time, time. Yeah. to just go to do whatever they want. Mm. But I, and I'd love to see more of that. I've, I'd, you know, I'd love to be good enough to be able to do something like that. Just turn up. You know, like Kink, Kink is the one, isn't he? You yeah. know, he's the the ultimate. Han, do Hans, it. Hans, Hans, Hans Biger. You seen him? No. He's like does crazy techno stuff. Mm. Um. Just check his studio out. It's ridiculous. It's like I'll have to have a look. That whole I love wall, a love a studio tour. It's like that whole wall is like just modular, and you're like, oh wow, you you didn't have a ch- you didn't have a teenagerhood. You literally just, <laughs> just, just stayed in your studio the whole time. Um, yeah, yeah. He does a lot of live. Uh, I guess Stefan Bodson does pretty much everything yeah. live. Although it's all run through Ableton, he's pretty much controlling everything. Um, his yeah, stuff. I love amazing. his stuff. Oh, I so love his good. stuff. So I I don't know about in a club, for me I I don't know if I'd want to watch that live, but mm. driving or just like listening, I'd love it. It's amazing. Yeah, and with that with the sort of live act, you know, you you tend to be more just standing there, sort of looking. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's a bit more what DJs like now as well, isn't it? Everyone mm. standing facing you. Yeah, but with live stuff. It has to be more of a visual element. You have to even you know, even like if I'm up there on me, if I'm there sitting on me bouncy ball, <laughs> I'm with me synths, doing <laughs> in front of a wall of synths, doing Afix twin, where he just like wasn't that like famous story when he just came on stage and just lied down and just like pushed buttons for like <laughs> he didn't play a single song apart from just made weird noises for like a whole hour and a half. And just like wow. I, I don't think we could get away with that. <laughs> no, I think people would want and their money it, back. You know, I'd want it. It'd have to sound really good as well. You know, mm. I spent so long making my track sound as as good as possible to just go out and you know take a drum machine and it's got no kind of effects on it or yeah compression or side chaining and things like that. I was I was listening to the Zane Lowe interview with Nils Fram. Mm. Do you know Nils stuff? Yeah. Uh, when he goes out live, they spend the whole day before the live show um, fixing the venue. Hmm. So they any rattle or or anything, they it, the venue has to get it fixed. So they're like literally spending hours just like pressing like sub notes to see if anything's rattling (laughs) seeing if like certain lights are on and off like if the fridge in the bars are making noises they have to turn them off and you're just like the the attention to detail is unbelievable but if you think about it if you're doing something live and you're like putting your whole heart into it you don't want a fucking flappy speaker kind of that everyone's hearing everyone's coming to see you play the best sound ever yeah and 
the hum of a fridge in the background when you're playing some like beautiful piano music. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> but it's the thought behind it. It's like, how do you even think about that? Like, yeah. It's pretty amazing. It reminds me of like, you know, we've been backstage in lots of places, haven't we? And venues and in basements, under stages, and the amount of things that rattle yeah. down there oh. is insane. Or, or, any, or anyone like going to the, the lose in a club, you know, they know that, there's low, so many other noises going on because of the music. But yeah, that's that's great attention to detail. Yeah, his stuff's amazing. He he like travels with an organ, and <laughs> they have to <laughs> like they have to put the the pipes in another room. And you're just like, I wouldn't want to know the cost of of his live <laughs> yeah. live thing. Is is unbelievable. So but, I'm already thinking of like cost of doing a live show, or you know, we wanted to get a flight case and the the ins and outs of doing it. And, and time, we, you need to yeah. pay. You almost need to pay somebody to do it with you, because because mm. if you think about it, like somebody else needs to take a bit of pressure off, and yeah. know kind of more about the equipment than you to a certain extent, or know bits that you don't know, because anything can go fucking wrong. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. and if one person i think that's that's why i was talking to steve dubs who does all of the chem stuff and he like back in the day they just used dat machines just like on in the background my old manager was actually moby's manager back in the day and they she used to like when they, he was doing live shows they all the team would have to like make sure that the dat machines don't fall off the table just in case because you're like so i think having with live you've got to have a good team around you to kind of do it yeah yeah there's, yeah i wouldn't be able to do all the things that i wanted to do no visuals and I mean, i'm already talking myself out of it but it but it, i did say this to me manager as well it's, it's something i'd like to be able to do mm. but i don't know if it's if it's worth the effort i don't know and yeah. maybe as part of it, which is a, you know, it's a bit like, well, let's let's give something else that people might want to book. Mm. I was like, is that the only reason Why? you're doing it? Yeah. It's like just to be, come and book me. Mm. Whereas really, I still love love DJing. I like what Eric Eric Pridge has done with the whole. Oh yeah, yeah. Visual thing. That's this kind of like. He he just does his own thing, and then he's bought some somebody uh, like another team on to just make it look amazing yeah and i think that's kind of clever because he's not trying to play live he's not trying to do anything different apart from just make the experience better that would be amazing to do something like that yeah i mean the, yeah the visuals that he's got is just seems to be another level now doesn't it i wouldn't want to know how much that thing costs yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you know that's a big thing right now isn't it how it looks online you know people taking videos and mm. that's how that's how djs kind of get to be big now isn't it yeah well I, playing yeah look at me playing at this big show it's weird the way i've noticed now with like live streams <laughs> everyone's got like this amazing background now i mean yeah. i've got a bit of it now like i've yeah. put the camera where you can see the synths and so the live streams are all like yeah you know people getting green screen up there yeah but then when the gig starts again, the, the camera will be behind the DJ mm, looking at the crowd. the crowd. See, it's, yeah, well, it's all about how, how, can, how can I look the best? How can I look 
shit hot. Uh, yeah. It's all branding, <laughs> isn't it, at the end of the day? It's yeah. It's all, all how to sell. It's not actually, like, I. this sounds awful, but how much of it is actually about the music now when it comes to, when it especially when it comes to live stream? Yeah. Because I think live streams now obviously you watch your favorite artist i haven't done a live stream but i it's kind of just that's why i haven't done one is because i'm like i don't really want to play to people that are just in their kitchen like doing the yeah. dishes i don't know some probably depends on the music i mean i mean your stuff has got to you got to play in a club haven't you exactly it's, you know exactly the, the, the subs on the sub <laughs> frequencies on there and things yeah you're not getting that on um, a tv speaker are you yeah but then you could maybe see it as an opportunity to play stuff that you wouldn't usually play you know yeah maybe it is, it is fun i did i'd recorded they weren't all like live but i went through mm. my old record collection okay. kind of from yeah. from uh, near the start of lockdown yeah Did i kind of didn't at that out? point i kind of didn't want to i had no desire to make any new music i was always i was like listening to old stuff and that kind of made me feel comfortable again like yeah. the world was normal <laughs> and then i thought yeah i'll just go through my record collection and from my a to z do a mix for every letter yeah i saw and, them uh, i saw them it was a nice yeah, concept isn't it some people have smashed the live streams though some people have just like come out of being like not successful or not 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 successful but like not full time in music to full time in music because of live streams. Who's done who's done that? That Stuart guy. Like, have you mm, seen Stuart? Sure He's the guy that um his stuff's fucking hilarious, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> but he's the one that, that gets like a pioneer kind of desk thing and then puts it on his on straps and DJs around oh, the town. Yes. He smashed yeah. it. Yeah, I, right. I had a um LP Giobi. Um had her on the podcast the other day and she's from lockdown. Her stuff's just gone like this. And it's cause she's been doing streams left, right, and center. Right. Amy Amy L, one of my mates, she's exactly the same. Like not released that much music during lockdown at all, but she's just been streaming twice, three times a week. Mm. And just her, her, everything's just gone skyrocketed. I think Sophie yeah, Tucker, right. Sophie Tucker did a, they've done a stream for 365 days for the whole, every single day. And wow. They were huge anyway, but now they're just on another level. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, yeah, I did a few, but not, not that many dedication. I did like yeah. I did like recording all my records. It was just good to go through the records again. Yeah. Was it, was it vinyl? Did you get the vinyl out? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So I had to go into the garage. I had to fix one of my record decks because <laughs> 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 it was always one of the uh, like the audio cables was a bit dodgy at the back. Yeah. And um, actually, I got I had to go and get them serviced. Uh, okay. You did. So I was trying yourself. to find somewhere to get them serviced. I tried to fix it myself. And it lasted about a week. <laughs> and then it finally uh, gave up the ghost. I love it. But it was good to have them serviced again and back yeah, working. It's good, it's good, good, yeah, good to go through the old old records. I um I bought some new decks in America, and then lockdown happened, and I had to fly back to the UK. So they oh, literally no. like 
they turned up a week before I left. So they've just been sat there. I'm just like, oh, this is a nightmare. But they the new CDJs. Uh, I got, no, I got the new Pioneer mixer and I got the Pioneer um, turntables. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of, they're pretty much replica of the Technic 1210s. Um, but yeah, I just want to start playing records again. Just nice. kind of, not like even to DJ. I don't want to DJ records. Like I do not want to lug a, D, a vinyl bag around at all ever no. again. <laughs> um, but I want to just like collect a record collection. And living in Detroit, there's some fucking amazing record shops. Mm. Like all the old Motown stuff is still there. And it's just like, this is amazing. Um, yeah, there's nothing quite like DJing with records. Mm. I mean, for, yeah, from when I started doing it, like the letter A, you know, and I was I was loving it. Just the feel, the feel of like the decks. Yeah, it's, it's so good. There's not much else like it, and the way you have to mix as well. You have you know, to pay you, attention. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it it takes you five minutes to to get it in time. Yeah, and then that minute or whatever mixing it in is like the scariest moments of your life yeah oh, <laughs> you don't want best. to touch the record because it'll make like a wobble noise mm. um but it, yeah it is pretty special but but all the records are back away now and i'm quite glad they're away <laughs> don't i don't i don't need them out again well i think also that was the interesting thing with playing with vinyl was that you could only kind of take a certain amount to a mm. to a show so you're like this is my set and maybe an extra like 20 30 minutes I can't go anywhere. Like maybe I just play the records in different orders, but this is kind of my set. Yeah. Whereas nowadays you're like, oh, I think the new decks, you can literally like type on them. They're like, have you, have you seen the three thousands? You got, got them over there, mate. Lovely. How are yes. they? Oh mate, they are so good. Yeah. Cause I've never, I've never actually owned any CDJs before. Yeah. It's partly why I had to get the record decks out for the for the live stream <laughs> things to begin with, and um, I knew I knew that they were coming out. I mm. kind of knew, knew someone who'd said this, this, the next ones are coming at some point, mm. um, and I bought I bought the mixer first, and then yeah, I thought I'm just gonna even just though there was it. no gigs happening anytime soon, mm. I thought I'm just gonna splash out. I'll get them as soon as they come out because then I'll be able to enjoy them for longer rather yeah. than waiting for you know lockdown to finish and think well now i can i can do it probably makes sense to get them i thought i'm just going to get them oh they, they are so good the, the screen on them mm. is amazing that the touch screen is brilliant there's things i mean i think you could do it on the old ones but there's something like beat jump where you can literally yeah. like jump forward in the track yeah. and i've never really used that before but yeah it's, it's so it's good handy yeah, and even like, and again, I think this was on the previous mixer, like the, uh, I can't remember what it's called, something like, oh, yeah, <laughs> um, something, something Q, where you can you basically listen, you can listen to the track you're playing in your headphones, and you can like skip forward oh, really? in, the, in the track to see what's coming. What, without it skipping forward? Yeah, and you can also, so you when you're picking the track on the, on the screen, there's a little waveform next to each track. You can click anywhere on the waveform of any track that's not playing and listen to that track. Wow. So instead of having to select it, queue it up on the other channel, 
on the mixer and then like skip skip through to think what was that track you literally mm. like click on it and anywhere in the track and like scrub along the track ah oh, man I, I, it makes such wait. a difference can't wait to such play such a difference because you know we, we always like download tracks like an hour before we got it set <laughs> you go through your promos or something yeah and you, as soon as you turn up you forget what they are yeah so just having that function which which again i think they were available on the previous previous mixer um but it's yeah i've never used it before i'm just having just having them at home like i can try i can actually try out things that yeah i wouldn't want to attempt in a club without having practiced maybe that, that's the difference between vinyl and cdjs though isn't it like before when vinyl you literally just you knew the record because yeah. you played it so many times in your house mm. and beforehand and you kind of just like understood the record where now you're like well what's coming up yeah <laughs> <laughs> where did that vocal come from that wasn't there like yesterday yeah yeah no. that's a good point that and the, the way that me- records were made like they had like longer intros longer outros yeah you know now like i was just going through promos before i was on this call you know tracks like to start immediately you know it's just straight in which Spotify. is fine because you can just you can just loop it up and I, you know i don't mind that it's actually it's actually quite it's good for djing but yeah the way they were made before it was made for it was made for the dance floor wasn't it it wasn't made to to stream yeah that's the difference is the way that we all listen to stuff the everyone not everyone but a lot of people just don't want to listen to a minute and a half of a kick drum yeah well now you get like the uh the sort of the long, the full like six minute version of a track is called the extended version yeah. now. And then the original is like three and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Did you, did you do anything like that for your album? There are, there are edits. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it's all, on Spotify. It's just all the edits. the edits. Yeah. And it doesn't, and it doesn't even say like, you know, edit next I, to it. I don't like having the word edit next to it. I feel like it kind of devalues the track. Because I think mm. you're you're writing two types of records now. Like I don't know about your process when you're t- making a short or edit for Spotify, but it sounds it's completely different record yeah. for me. Um, and how it's listened and everything is completely different to when you're going to play it into it in a club. How do you kind of like write your your streaming? edits or is it literally just take the intro and the outro off and you're like just got the body of the work or do you like cut things out and move it around i mean it is mainly get rid of the intro and outro yeah um not yeah not much else goes on i mean i might get rid of bits in the middle but not a huge amount yeah it is just like chop bits out radio edits are weirder now i don't know if you've if you've had done anything like that like they want the record so short, mm. like two and a half minutes. And you're like, how? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how can this record be two and a half minutes? It's, it doesn't, the breakdown's two minutes. Yeah. Like, so yeah, especially with like, <laughs> yeah, maybe your kind of stuff with mass. I mean, I do big breakdowns as well. Yeah, but you can't, you can't get every, all the ideas I want in two and a half minutes mm. in a tune and, yeah, to want people to dance to it. Yeah. Do you stress when you release music? Uh, no, no. It's great, it's great. When the album came out, mm. um, 
mean, it's interesting seeing the reactions from the promo you send out or whatever. Yeah. But you know, everything's been made. There was only there was only like one comment on the promo sheet that I think someone didn't like it, and I'm like, why do you bother reacting if you didn't if you don't like it? But you know, there's hundreds of other ones that were really good. Yeah. Um, Always. I was well chuffed for it to come out, and it did get delayed a little bit with COVID. It was you know would have been sort of end of summer last year. Mm. Um, so, you know, we sat on it for a while. So you just, yeah, desperate for it to come out. Yeah, but that... I was just, yeah, I was well happy for it to come out. And then just to have like an album that someone can go and find on Apple Music or wherever. And it's like, oh, this, this is me. You just click on that and you got 12 tracks instead of having to go and search for things for friend within things or click on a yeah. friend within playlist. This is like, yeah, this is, this is my style. It's like a, um, it's definitely an achievement for a, an artist to just be like, have a body of work. And I think the way streaming has kind of shaped the industry is like kind of stopped that from happening more so. And hopefully it comes back. I'd love it if more people come back Yeah, with, with yeah. albums. I've, I'd love to do one. I'm just too much of a, I just haven't, I, I think about it too much. I'm like, I want it to do really well, so maybe I shouldn't do it because what if it doesn't? <laughs> but it's... Yeah, you can't look at it like that, can you? Yeah. you just got to... Just got to do it. Yeah. Put put things in there that you want to be in there and yeah, yeah, just hope, yeah, hope people like it and don't, don't, don't beat yourself up if it doesn't... So I imagine you set yourself goals and you think, well, what's, what's the point of releasing this if it's not going to be... Yeah. Yeah, be poor top ten or, or number yeah. one on the techno chart or something. But sometimes you just got to stick it out there for you just, so you can move on to the next thing. Yeah, you know. I mean, that was what was good about the album. You no, know, I've I basically got rid of a load of tracks that were sat on my hard drive <laughs> that I was <laughs> losing sleep over. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like who's going to sign these tunes? They're too good to <laughs> just sit there. And now they're all now they're all out in the world, and that's yeah. the that's the best place for them. You know, yeah, you're right. You are right. Yeah, so just yeah, just make what you want to make, and you know now you've got your own label as well. You can literally do whatever you it's want. Just the most perfect thing for it. Yeah. To be fair, like there we were doing plans for this year, and there's been this record that's everyone likes, and I'm like, you know, when you're just like not a hundred percent, and I'm like, nah, it's not coming out. People, sorry, like I've got mm. got to put we're putting this one in instead. And it's just so nice to do that because you can never do that with a re- with another record label. Like you sign the the dotted sheets and it's done and got to wait 6 months for it to come out and <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Um, you make your own schedules and you know tie them in with tours touring. and things. And it takes the pressure off signing records cuz I still sign records to other labels. But it just takes that pressure off of like, oh, I need a, I need to sign this record because I need music out. Yeah. Whereas now it's like I'm only signing records because I absolutely love the record label and want to want to kind of be part of that that label, and I feel like the music's right for that label. Yeah, I think labels are probably less a bit less important at the moment. It's yeah. not as important to be like on this specific label. It's because they're not it's... throwing parties. Yeah, like yeah, true. Labels, uh, brands now, aren't they? Really, like it's very. There's very few labels out there that you release a record just because they're good at releasing records. Mm. Like 
it's what what else do you get from signing to a record label if you know what i mean like let's say for instance like tour room like tour room throws parties all around the world if you know what i mean if you put a lot of records out with tour room you're probably going to be doing some tour room shows and going to be playing in other places hot creations drum code like yeah defected they, they all kind of do the same thing but now there's no shows it's like well what what else can they offer really <laughs> yeah apart from reach yeah they two of them do have a really good reach and you know we've got kill it. good yeah they've, they've had a lot of success with right radio things getting onto radio and mm. yes yeah, so they have those relationships which is which is great yeah they but kill I it you, i think you can just put stuff out like if i'd have if i'd have released the tracks that were on tour room on a, a smaller label they would they have done as much probably would probably would i think with your name probably yeah maybe yeah, it's tough isn't it it is tough because i i'm all for people starting their own labels really like anyone that talks to me that's like i'm thinking of starting a label i might do it <laughs> it's yeah. the best thing ever because it yeah. just it's you can do what you want as long as as long as you do it well it has to be done well mm. um and then well it doesn't it has to be done correctly as in everything has to kind of come together as one you can't just be doing willy-nilly stuff has to be a bit of a plan to it um but it's the best feeling ever man love it love yeah it. yeah i did have a, a late well i've kind of had a couple of labels along the years and i did have one at warehouse music on the in the lee mortimer days yeah that that did do really really well mm. um you know i got a lot of i think i, I you know i ended up being like a Ministry of Sound resident yeah. off the back of that, those sort of times. Um, signed like a track by, you know, I'd like a, a well, before he was like Low Stepper and okay. then Kai from Gorgon City. Yeah. Fo- uh, Fo- you know, was it FOMO? FOMO? FOMO. Yeah. yeah. I nearly, like, I was, I was close to signing his first ever track, but it had already been signed to something else and he sent me it. But then the next, the next couple that he put out, I signed. That's too dope. It's, yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing. It kind of creates a community, doesn't it? Out of it, and you can kind of have your own. I haven't signed it. I haven't released any other anybody else's music yet. Um, but we'll get there. Mm. <laughs> it's a lot. It's and a big responsibility, it, isn't it? When I started the label, um, that was when like digital sales were actually quite good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you would uh, you can make money. You know, you'd make some all right money off it. You know, and the artists would. Yeah, I don't. I think. I mean, just did like a 50-50 split on mm. sales, basically. Yeah. Um, so I probably should have probably should have put more in my own pocket, I think, of what what's typical for most labels. Yeah. But I, did, I mean, I didn't really know about running a label. It's just, you know, I used to have to like individually send them up to like Juno, download and Beatport. Yeah, there wasn't distributors around then. No, but it was good. You know, I'd know, I'd know people that Everywhere. directly at Beatport and, yeah. and Juno and... It was great. It was another one called Stompy. Remember that one? Yeah, I do Where remember you, that one. Yeah. US one. Yeah, I do remember that. That one was that one was really good. They, yeah. they sell loads on there. They do. Yeah. They, it was like it was very US based as well, wasn't it? There's a lot of dope yeah. Chicago shit on there. And then B- yeah, I B- think B- like some a lot of like I used to buy a lot of dirty bed stuff on there. Mm. You know. So oh man, the old bed. dirty bed stuff was so good. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, 
it's just like nothing else that existed. I miss it, man. I miss, I miss like waking up and going on Beatport or something and seeing a new Dirty Bird release and mm. going, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get, there's not much. Is that, do you get that anymore with anything? Uh, like a real moment when you think, wow, what, what on earth is this? No, mm. no, not really. I wonder why, um, why is that? I reckon it's, there's a lot more music out there. Yeah. But it, but I think it's e- it's easier to make music now, mm. and but you know, and I, I think a lot of the popular dance music now is it's very simple. I think people have worked out what you have to do for something to be effective on Formula. the dance floor. Yeah, and it's and it's not that much, and especially right. for it to look good in a video online at a club, you know, snare roll, and then a big bass line drops in. Yeah, with a, with a weird noise, something. <laughs> And then Fisher puts his hands in the air. It's so destroying sometimes. Not fish, obviously, but like the amount of just the same music out there. Yeah, I was just like say going through promos before, and like it was like this compilation EP of something, and literally every baseline sound was exactly the same. Mm. You know, and people, yeah, people have figured out how how to make it. It's probably just a pre a preset and. People are signing it and releasing it. You can buy um, presets for it. Like, yeah. I I was um, I was on Instagram. You know, you get those like swipe up, uh, yeah. kind of advertisers. And uh, I was going around, and it was like, make a track like Fisher losing it, mm. get the baseline, and you could literally just buy the baseline, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> It's just like they must have made so much money just on that preset because it's just like everyone's using it. Yeah, I mean, I use I use loads of samples in my stuff. Like mm. my album is full of splice. You know, splice is great. Splice I is great. Love it. But it's like what it's what you do with it. Exactly. You know, and even one of the tracks on the album, someone messaged me saying, "I've just heard this sample on on an advert." Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't my tune. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Yep." spice.com yeah <laughs> but it de- but it depends what you do with it it's yeah and not yeah not just chaining out I, I never see the point of making a track that sounds like so, a one that's number one on beatport no because that's number one for a reason it. it's like yeah it's not i to be fair in for lockdown i haven't bought a single record for, i haven't i haven't even looked to see what's out for a year like I'm, I've just gone. I was like, okay, I can't DJ, so I'm not gonna look at anything musically. Yeah. Like I couldn't tell you what. Obviously, you hear like when the record, like a big record comes out, and like you can't get away from it because it's everywhere. But like, I just, I, I can't bring myself to buy music at this moment in time. <laughs> just like, what am but I buying the, it for? The top ten hasn't changed, lad. <laughs> Number one will be a. A new version of a, an old track. Yeah. Oh, mate. There's so the much of that. something. There's so much. Of that. I can't really. We both can't really say much because we've both done oh. reworks of, <laughs> of big records. Um, yeah, exactly. But there's doing it in a different way, right? Mm. I think there's doing it in a tasteful way and there's doing it in a way that is not tasteful. <laughs> 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 that gets you a beatport number one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey. Yeah. How do you discover new music? Do you like? I mean, because I've been listening. I basically had Spotify on for the whole of lockdown, mm. and however, you know, I come at it from like two from the artist point of view and then a listener point of view. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's great for the listener, and and for the artist in some ways because. It's it's great for discovering new music, but you know you don't get you hardly get paid as an artist. Yeah, I but I've just loved having on, you know, just random playlists and. So do do you just yeah. go? Do you just let it play and just be like, oh, what's this? And then this is fine. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'll I'll use I'll often start with, you know, one track mm. that I like, and then go to you know play radio. Yeah. from that oh, okay. from that track, and it's it's really good at that. Mm. It does it does start to repeat at some point. Yeah, you know, discovered. You know, and when something's out on on Beatport or Juno, it's it's on Spotify, it's on yeah, Spotify it or be. Apple Music yeah. straight away. So, yeah, I've I've discovered loads of decent stuff. I um, because I do my playlist every week, so I like search a lot on Spotify for that. Mm. So I go through a lot of like, so I go on an artist page that I like, and or like I put, let's say for instance, like one of your records, I put one of your records on, and then I go on your page and then be like artists uh fans also like and then go on that and then just kind of search through yeah um that's kind of a good way um but yeah i, I usually let it just choose for me yeah you know <laughs> it's a good way of doing it i just haven't i haven't really been searching yeah I've, I've kind of just like maybe i should um there's still been good stuff released. Yeah, there has. You know, that that hasn't stopped, I think. Mm. I've Yeah, I, I think I just kind of like took a step back from it all and was like, mm, kind of need a break. Because I'd just done uh, Open to Close Tour. So I'd, mm. I'd been playing for like three months, like seven, eight hour sets. And I was just like, I don't. I don't want to do music anymore. Like yeah, don't need yeah. to go and search. Cause I love, I do love the concept. I like every weekend I love on the th- Wednesday or Thursday going on Beatport and like digging for like a good couple of hours, two, three hours of just like trying to find good music. Mm. I, I don't listen to my promos. I'm really bad at that. I just, yeah. I can't, I wish, I wish when I, when the in-flight app, which uh, people that don't know, in flight is like where you get sent all your promos. I wish I actually didn't accept every record label and just only accepted the record labels I liked yeah, at the time. Takes... But when did in flight come out? Like 10 years ago, maybe I was yeah. like, I was like a little teenager. I was like, just accept everything. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, um, I have basically a blacklist of, of some labels or, you don't always get them direct from the label, you know, they'll be like promo companies. Yeah. And um, if something's like particularly bad, I'll like, I'll write it down on like a little notepad on me, on my phone. And then, uh, <laughs> and I won't, I won't like unsubscribe, but then if, if something else comes up, I'm like, what the hell is this? And I'll go back onto the text document. And if that, if that name is still up there, then I'll delete it. <laughs> so it has to get like two strikes and then they're gone. <laughs> It's like an agent when a promoter doesn't pay. You just get blacklisted. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I, it's, just, it's a good way to do it. But yeah, keeping on top of them all. Oh, it's, mate. Uh, it's daunting as well, isn't it? You just, yeah. When you get so many, you think, well, where do I start? But then the thing is, as 
somebody that runs a label. I just sent a promo out the other day using InFlight and I expect everyone to to check the record out and feedback. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I can't expect it if I don't do it myself. So mm. for the people that want to listen and have it, then go for it. But I, I, promos changed a lot from how it used to be, from like vinyl promo, CD promo. I remember in like being a resident in Ibiza, you kind of... You, every week you just get a fuck ton of CDs and you'd have to like actually physically write out the, the, uh, the feedback. Yeah. Um, and then there was like, like exclusive promo. I remember when exclusive promo came out on fat drop and exclusive was like the most exclusive promo company Mm. ever. And like, I was never cool enough to get on there. (laughs) Um, and then, listen up and your army kind of just took over and yeah and now we're here where you just yeah, i remember your everything. army were mass they were massive in the sort of my days as lee mortimer you know were they in the fid- fidget house stuff and Ooh. like crookers was christian you know? still doing it then did he start yeah. it yeah 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 that, that was him basically they've done amazing yeah they're like they've got american american team now as well it's crazy um Great to see that happen you know yeah it's so nice to see coming people. through and then yeah getting to the top and then staying there and and growing and bringing people on with them and kind of yeah it's so important yeah it's so important um so what's the plan with the album is there is there a, is there a plan for an album tour or is there when we can obviously yeah i mean there's nothing set in stone, mm. I suppose. Um, yeah, we'd love to do something. Mm. Or a launch party, you know. <laughs> June June the 21st. Yeah. <laughs> we just got to wait and see, really. Yeah. Um, hopefully do, you know, another single or two maybe from it. Yeah. Um, and maybe get some remixes, you know, yeah. standard kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Um, but there isn't, yeah, there's nothing anything definitely going to happen just yet. Sweet. So before we go... How can people hear it, listen to it, follow you, do the promo bit? <laughs> yeah, just uh, I'm at Friend Within everywhere. Yeah, the album's out on Tool Room. Um, yeah, find me on there. Come and speak to me on Twitter. I'm often on there or Instagram. I've I've not gone on Twitter for ages. No, I've like yeah, I've flipped between the two really. Twitter's, Twitter for me is just like I get on there and I'm just like, oh my god, shut up. <laughs> don't know why yeah i mean that did happen to me a bit the other day like you know my album had just come out well i think i'd had like a good a, a good email in the morning i'd mm. woken up and saw this email I was like, oh yes get in it might have, i think it was like they were replaying my essential mix or maybe ah, okay. one or something like that and i went on twitter and then i immediately was just <laughs> pissed off with something i was like why have i done this why is it a bother it's awful isn't it yeah the world was so much simpler before social media. Yeah. But then I, you know, like MySpace was a massive thing for me the start of my mm. career. You know, without, without that, I don't know where I'd be really, just to get my, get your music out there and connect with people. Well, I think realistically, all of us without social media, we'd be fucked. Mm. Like who, who was big before social media? Like there was probably like 20 DJs in the whole world. Yeah. It was it was like the residence thing as well, yeah. wasn't it? Like you said earlier, you know, mm. you'd, you'd 
did B club nights. Yeah. And that's kind of how I got in more into DJing and, you know, becoming a resident somewhere was going to my local night. Yeah. Getting to know people there and the speaking to the promoters, taking me mix CD mm. every day, yeah. every, every month. Pissing and that, that was the way, that was the way in at that point, but that's not, that's not the if someone was asking my advice oh, what how do I start DJing now I wouldn't have a bloody clue yeah no I'm I like agree the best way to do it because you know because for, for me it was totally different yeah because I, I think nowadays the best way to start is just to start your own club night <laughs> mm. and and build a community around yourself right yeah the, the whole community aspect is still probably the most important part yeah. of it you know me going down to this club meeting people and that's where i met my now wife yeah. you know it, it literally would change your life yeah you know going and speaking to people mm. doesn't happen but, so it, much though no it's all it's, i guess it's all started online now isn't it mm. yeah Even with date, dating and you know literally everything yeah because i was i was talking to a mate the other day and i pulled i got uh, like an old poster framed that was like from 2014 when i was promoting in bristol and I wasn't, I wouldn't ever class myself as a promoter, but I was like, I have to do something because otherwise I'm not going to do anything really. Mm. Um, and even then I was like, I don't know anyone. I don't know any of the, the uni <laughs> lot. I don't know any of the, like the kids that actually want to rave. Um, Cause it was, even then it was like a little bit more community based. Where now I just feel like it's just headliner, headliner, headliner. Yeah. In our Hopefully scene anyway. maybe that will, do you think that might come back a bit, you know, with people maybe not wanting to travel as far mm. to places? I think, I think also what you're going to get is there's artists, like even me, like I want to play in different places. Um, and by playing in different places, you play for less money and I'm fine with that. <laughs> But it's just you're kind of giving more value to younger promoters that are kind of trying to build something. And I think that's the thing is building a community is so so much more powerful than just headlining shows all around the place. Yeah. Obviously, it's not as great for your bank balance, but long-term goals are so much better. Yeah. So I think you'll have... You know, I've been through it. Like you're, you you have all this hype behind you. Like when I started friend within, you know, the first yeah, two, three, four, four years maybe. You know, you have all everyone wants to write about you course, and, and yeah. book you, but then that fades away. Mm. And you know, you need you need the community you've built up. Yeah, you by have that to. point, which I don't think I probably did well enough. Mm. I probably didn't do enough for that. Well, I think um, when I think when friend within when you came up as friend within, it wasn't. Social media was there, right? But you came out with some heavy hitters pretty quick. Yeah, I think the mu- yeah the music was I was very very proud of. Yeah, you know, like I was saying earlier, it kind of came the tracks came really easily as well, and I don't know how I did it. <laughs> yeah, and and it came out, but it but because they were so successful, it just put you in headliner standards straight away, right? Yeah, it was yeah any sort. Of, big festival mm. in the uk that i was i was there yeah you know for at least you know two or three years yeah but then someone else comes through and then if you know if you haven't made if you haven't don't have that sort of bunch of fans or community 
behind you and you could sort of fade away. Well, I think it's also you just get older, right? Your fans get older and your mm. fans... It's, it's how do you stay current with the 18 to 24-year-olds? Yeah, no. That, that that is, was, I've always been trying to fight that battle. Yeah. Maybe, in, maybe instead of... I should have concentrated more on the people I was growing with, the fans who were growing up mm. with. You know, I'm 41 now. I mean, should I be playing to like <laughs> 18 year olds or should I have maybe started my own night or yeah. something? That, you know, I think like Darius Sorosium is a really good example. Like, you know, he would you have hype at some point, but you know, what, he, what he's built around his club nights mm. and, you know, he's got a great fan base. Yeah. Um, now, no, I never really did that. I think, I've always been about yeah. having to release more music to to keep up. And yeah, I, I'm the same as you, where I'm more music based than nights. But I think that's because I I'm not a partier. I don't know about you, but no. like we're not really. I didn't think you were, but we're not really partiers. And I no. think the people that do put on really good nights, like not the actual promoters, but the people that the DJs that put on really good nights, they're all about fucking partying and having mm. a good time and i think you need to have that whether it's you or whether it's the person that does it with you yeah it's interesting yeah it's probably a good point there it's yeah. interesting because like look at like jamie with like paradise like that's that's a vibe it you can just tell that they're all just mates and they're all just fucking party well at the beginning they're all just mm. raving and there's always somebody party in there and they're all just like being one big family it was the same with dirty bird at the beginning or even when i kind of signed to them like it was just a crew of people that just wanted to party like for days <laughs> and and it you can you feel it change when people get older like yeah everyone in like all the big guys in dirty bird apart from like yeah, well, Justin is not really is doing his own thing, but they all stop drinking. And when it's when everyone stopped drinking, it's just like you, you see the difference at the parties. <laughs> you, you feel the difference because people are yeah. just like play, crack on. Whereas yeah. when people are partying, they're there all night. Everyone's there all night. Everyone has having fun. It's it's different. It is very different. I guess that's yeah, that's how it builds up, isn't it? When yeah. your fans see the DJs there all night and all night, raving. get to chat with them. Mm. That's always what a, what a big part of Dirty Bird look, looks like. It always you know, was. It always was. Like the festival. Like how many festivals do we play at that we just go and play and then leave? Like all of them. All of them. <laughs> and, and Dirty Bird Campout was the only festival that every DJ stayed for the whole weekend. Yeah. And and that's kind of what, and I think now it's that it still happens, but it's not what it was. If you know what I mean, it's not mm. that same because it, in the small amount of time, let's say six years, in the small amount of time, things change. People get older, people grow up. Like I've got friends that, like in like Chicago, that they would come to every single show, and we'd all like party together and just like have a proper good time. Now they're like buying farms in the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just different. But it's, it's also how do you stay relevant? How do you... And I think by staying relevant, you have to do these like small shows. Mm. You have to play 
for the younger kids and and kind of build a, a scene in, in that scene. Yeah. But then it also goes back to, do you, do you need to keep having to reinvent yourself for the 18-year-olds? I don't think you're reinventing yourself. With... I don't think you're mm. reinventing yourself. I think it is literally just, they don't know. So yeah. until until someone tells, until you give somebody something or teach somebody something, they don't know. They don't know what, what they're just going to go with what their mates, if you know what I mean. Yeah, true. Like yeah. we've all seen it. We've all had mates when we were younger just bandwagon jumping with what's hot because their other mate is like trying to t- like meet a girl at a club. So they will go in to see Patrick Toppin or something like that, if you know what mm. I mean. And then they they love Patrick Toppin and then they're like, oh, I like this person or it, it kind of goes from that. Um yeah, that's a good point, actually. You don't, yeah, it's not reinvention, is it? It's just no. making yourself available and saying, here, here I is, am. This is who Come I on. am. Like, a lot yeah. of them have never heard. Like, this, there must be so many. Like, I that's kind of how I go into my sets, is that none of these people know who I am. And I've got to, I've got to make sure that by the end of this, like, at least 80% of the people know who I am or are going to remember who I am after this set. Yeah. It's a good way to approach it, yeah. Especially if you're doing like those long sets yeah. as well. It's fun. I mean, yeah. I did a, I did do a few of them. Um I did like a, I did a tour of like yeah, five nights in a row. Yeah. Playing all night, which was a hell of a slog. Yeah, that is long. Um but the, but I especially one of those shows was the best one I've ever done. Mm. You know, and it's in a little club. And people will always remember that. Yeah. The people there there'd be a handful of people that went to that night that will still be talking about that night now mm. <clears throat> like, i found that i was a lot more restrained as well when i was djing like i didn't if i was just booked somewhere to play for an hour like, you know midnight i would have probably bashed it out for an hour but on yeah. these on this tour like I, I felt like i didn't even really get going until yeah. a lot later and I, re- I was really trying to build it up and it was yeah it was so enjoyable i'm sure you probably feel the same as like, well it's it's the reason why I did it because I was just just so fed up with playing like an two hour set, an hour <clears> set, and you're just like, they're not getting, they're just getting the hitters, like you said, yeah. you just bash it out, and then it turns because they're booking so many artists in one night, it is a night of just bash, bashing it out. There's no like peaks and troughs. There's no like letting people like chill. Yeah, it's just every DJ with their ego trying to fucking be the best DJ of the night. (laughs) (laughs) That's simply what it is, really. We've got to be honest with ourselves. We've all got an ego of some sort, and we want everyone to love us more than anyone else. Um, But playing playing a track where you think, "Well, go and have a fag to this one." Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, or like at the beginning when someone's walking into a club, and you're playing like I like the first like. 15 no the first 30 45 minutes of mine were like all like ambient stuff and like people walking into a club hearing that it kind of sets the the night if you know Mm. what i mean it kind of sets it and you you're not going in to a club which i think now you get a lot of like residents that aren't real true residents how they used to be and kind of set the night they they get the beatport top 10 and smash it out yeah. before anyone so before you've got that kind of you've not got somebody really setting it up for you 
And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. There's some great residents out there. But I think what's going to come of COVID kind of circling back round is you're going to get a lot of smaller parties pop up and you're going to start building real scene with really good residents. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And I feel like I'd want to go and support Same. that happening, you know, where Same. I live. Be amazing. Yeah. And let's be honest, being in the UK, three hours drive from anywhere, mm. really, unless you live either end of the country. Like, <clears throat> you're not that yeah. far from anywhere. Three hours drive, it's not far. It's easy. And I People think... People used to do that way more. Exactly. You know, you'd have, like, super clubs. Yeah. And uh, one of my best mates... I remember before we went to uni, he did like 13 weeks mm. in a row of going to like all the super clubs around the country. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people don't, I don't think people, well, people certainly don't do that no. as much now. No, because everything, everyone's got massive things in their city and don't want to leave. If you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. But man, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to when we're back in the swing of things and back hope i just hope it doesn't go back to how it was because i think how it was isn't healthy for the scene really because it, mm. it just it's just going to get worse it's like the same lineups everywhere you go yeah it's bad isn't it promote it's for every festival every festival the is the same and as an artist that like i don't play much in the uk but to to kind of if you're not in the click of the uk or whatever scene you're in if you're not in that click and you don't have an in on that click you're never getting in you just you mm -hmm. just always sat on the outside going what the fuck don't get that but yeah i'm always so surprised the, the way you made me play in america and not mm. not over here that much it's because no fucker books me mate <laughs> well that's what i mean that's what that's what is so surprising i don't know i don't know what else you have to do <laughs> We're working yeah. at it. We're working it. Yeah. What about you? Because you're, do you do much in America? A bit. I was kind of, I mean, I've not done a lot, but I was kind of, I was due to actually go, I was doing the EDC, mm. Vegas. Oh, in May. Which which got, obviously got cancelled back in May and then it got moved to October and that got cancelled. Mm. So I was just in the process of getting, like renewing my visa yeah. over there. So that would have been for like three years. Um, But that, Oh yeah, obviously it's on hold at the moment. You should get your yeah. visa, man. Yeah, get yeah. Once done. once things like open up again, I think. Yeah, they. I think I just saw a post that Pasquale put out, and they're like, they put it in for May in the Nevada kind of whatever. Whoever decides it in in Vegas, whatever they can, if they can do it or not. So it could be interesting if they do go ahead with it this year. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd kind of, I'd kind of forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm still still due playing. To be, due to be playing. I think, I think. No, I think they just put all the same artists on. Okay. Check, check with your agent. I'm I not really should, it. shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> the likelihood of it being allowed to happen is pretty slim. But I mean, I don't even know if, what the travel arrangements will be from from here to America and quarantines we're, and things. And... We're allowed to work. We're allowed to travel to work, but we at this moment in time, we're not allowed to travel to America. Um, I think they're going to lift those soon. Mm. But we're allowed to travel to work, but then, yeah, we've got a quarantine when we get back, which is like, what's the fucking point of going? Yeah. 
I mean, it's not. I mean, I probably I've not been out my house that much in the past year, anyways. But then it depends what the quarantine would be. Would I have to be in a hotel? Ten like days. When I, when I came back, oh, sod that. Ten days in a hotel. Nah, wouldn't wouldn't fancy. It. And then but, also, if I'm getting, you know, if I'd have got my visa mm, last year, I would yeah. I would have basically wasted a year. Yeah. So until till I can properly use it, I mean, I know it's a massive thing to play EDC Vegas. But if it was literally the one show and then I wouldn't be able to go back for a year. It's not worth it. It's not really. And so expensive to get a visa. They're so expensive. It's, mm. it's just not worth it. I If I didn't have my place out there and like, yeah, I've got to renew my visa. My, I'm going through the process of renewing it now. But if I didn't have the kind of things that I have, that I have out there, I wouldn't be doing it until I was touring full time. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense, really. No, at all. no, it's not gonna not gonna make your money back on it, are you? No, well, especially when you've not really earned money for a year, and it's yeah. gonna be maybe it's gonna be another six months until we're probably back, potentially touring full time. If if maybe eight months, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no. Yeah, hopefully the twenty first of June will. Have you seen Europe? Will happen. Europe's going back into lockdown though. God, I know. Yeah, seeing they're in like wave wave three coming or third lockdown, yeah. something in France. Just like, but then we still got our borders are still open. You know, we're not making people quarantine from there. Like, what? Are they not? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't get it. It depends. It depends what list you're on, doesn't it? What if you're on the the list where you can yeah where you can travel? I don't know. I don't understand. Don't it. want to read about it anymore. I'm, I'm glad I'm not a politician. Put it that way. Yeah, it's not yeah. not a good year to be a politician, right? No way, no. <laughs> That's what they, it's what they signed up for. They wanted the limelight, didn't they? They wanted to make these decisions, so I don't I don't feel sorry for them. Yeah, I just wouldn't ever want to put myself in that situation where no. every day, like you're going to have somebody that likes you, but out of one person liking you, you're going to get twenty people fucking hating you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then they just oh, they just do it for their career now, don't they? They'll be a politician for a bit, and then once they don't get voted in again, they go and work for some massive yeah. company and get yeah, yeah. paid a shitload of money. Yeah, so that, especially in America, that's that happens a lot. Like the amount of money they earn after being yeah president or whatever. Yeah. Oh. One sec. Don't know why that's working. There we go, we're back. Um, right, mate, let's wrap this up. We've just done an hour and a half, pretty much. Yeah. Smashed it. Thanks for coming Smashed on, fun. mate. Um, let's do the do the friend within, at friend within. Go follow him. Go listen to his new album called Hope. Let's uh, catch up soon when we can, mate. Yeah, cheers, Will. Nice one. Keep safe, mate. Take care. And that is a wrap. Absolutely loved it. Hope you did. If you did, please go share it with your mates. Tell them all about it. Hit subscribe. Give us a little review in the comments section below. Um, keep safe. See you next time. Big love. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, anywhere. 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.